Aloha Maui. Hey, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Burkhardt. Welcome to the Solar Coaster, episode 92. 92. What are we calling this? The Enphase IQ8 Mini Hoover Dams for us all. Mini Hoover Dams. Mini Hoover What's Dams. that all about? You came up with that? Where did that come from? That, that came from was... episode 39. 39. When we were with okay. uh, Ragu uh, Bellor and Martin Fornage, I think is his last name. Yep. Both co-founders of Enphase, of Enphase. Uh, which is a, you know, a pretty substantial uh, company in the renewable energy space here. Uh, you know, folks here, microinverters, launched the microinverter, birthed the microinverter, and a lot of people have it here. Yeah, the, you whole, know? the whole, uh, that was right when the whole NEM, the original NEM, uh, was just exploding all over the island. And yeah. I know a lot of people have Enphase product yeah. on their roof, even if you don't know it. Yeah. Generally speaking, I don't use the word exploding in this industry. <laughs> I trust. <laughs> I, just, I find another word. You know, like, uh, it did very well. It got big. Yeah, you know, it it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't quite have the same impact, does it? <laughs> no, not the same impact. Okay, okay, we got a great show today. Actually, this is a follow-up with Ragu Balor, who's the founder of, one of the co-founders of Enphase Energy uh, out of Petaluma, California. We're going to have an opportunity to speak about, about a year later after our first show to learn all about their new um, IQ8 series, about their new battery modules, about a whole series of uh, new technology advances that they are pioneering, which is what they do. They're an amazing energy company, yeah. and I'm super excited. They were in, um, we did attend uh, a uh, session this last week here yep. in the Courtyard Marriott in Kahului with their uh, Hawaii team to learn all about some of their new products. Yeah, and some of the interesting things that they've actually developed. They were over in Oahu, had a lot of conversations because they're dealing with the same problems. NEM Plus, how do we integrate? They've got, they've got some good information here. So stay tuned. If you, if you have an Enphase system already, you still want to hear this, especially for the last bit. Yeah, a lot of, lot of important stuff here. Okay, let's do our housekeeping. Hey, folks, we are The Solar Coaster, a renewable energy-themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Ko'oi, 1110 a.m. Also, some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Great website, www.solar-coaster.com. You can listen live. You can see all our fun things, um, places that we've been, and what else? Um, we got our do -do -do. Live streaming. We're live streaming. We're not actually live streaming, but we are recording. That's going to start going up. Uh, you can also get on the mailing list. Uh, but most importantly, scroll down a bit, and you can submit your name and or questions. If you have a question you can't call in for whatever reason, too embarrassed to call in, um, send us a note. We'll get your information on the air. We don't even call you out if you don't want us to. But there's so much going on in the industry. This is the last year to get the full ITC. You're yeah. going to be. You're going to want to be at least, at least ask the questions. 30 all the way through the 30, year. If, yeah, if you, if you get it started in 2019 yeah um but get on the website ask us questions get in the get in the queue and make sure you can get your solar we're also available on podcasts uh what is it the stitcher uh, stitcher tune in soundcloud itunes, iTunes uh, all of these things are all available they all carry the solar coaster uh you have something oh, special yeah. down so if, I, to I told <laughs> i talked about it last time but you actually tried it yeah so, do, so do this right if now. you want to very quickly listen to the solar coaster you can go to siri i'm going to try it right now Hey Siri, play podcast Solar Coaster. And? <laughs> oh, and there it is. Oh, that's so funny. Crazy, right? <laughs> Fantastic. So, hey, now turn it off, please. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. All right. So that works really easy. Uh, if you want to check out the Solar Coaster, the, uh, the I think the most recent episode that we've uploaded to SoundCloud will be immediately available in your iTunes uh, podcast section of yep. your iPhone. Yeah, that's automatically propagated right. to all the different platforms. So uh, type in Sound so Solar Coaster and 
Take us everywhere. There you go. There you go. Okay, so we are sponsored by a great stable of companies, uh, Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sundrum Solar, and Pantech Design. Uh, this is a call-in show. 808-242-7800 is the call-in line. If you'd like to give us a call, stump us, or learn about all this great stuff that we're talking about, please do so. Uh, we're going to hear from our Pantech Design Minute number six now. Pantech Design Minute number six, Smart Demand Control and Load Management. The ADAPT Energy Automation Package optimizes your use of available clean energy when it is abundant and less expensive, like during low tariff or off-peak times. By working together, the ADAPT Energy Automation and the Sonin EcoLink systems decrease load usage and discharge of your home battery when it matters most to fully manage and maximize energy usage in your home. For example, during time of use, TOU windows, the EcoLinks and ADAPT EA package can make adjustments in your home to drastically reduce your energy usage without disrupting your lifestyle. So first, the Equalink system could effectively flood the peak period by using clean stored energy from your battery to power the home rather than relying on the grid. Secondly, load shedding commands could be used to maximize and extend the Equalink's stored energy. For example, lowering the shades, dimming the lights, increasing the thermostat, and turning off non-essential appliances, which would decrease your energy consumption by 2,000 watts. For a 10 kilowatt hour Sonin EcoLink system, that's an additional two hours worth of energy. This has been the Pantech Design Minute. You know, we just continue to learn more and more about this technology minute by minute. It's, it's kind of like a crash course for us yeah. in understanding Pantech Design and all the great things you're doing. Well, that's the way the show is supposed to work. You know, we learn along with everybody else out there, and hopefully you you can follow along with us. We, we do get pretty deep sometimes. Yeah. And, and if you do have questions, call in. <laughs> please do call in. Please do uh, submit a, a question. And uh, we're getting those from time to time now yeah. uh, in our email Certainly location. Certainly more on email. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, actually for Pantech, you know, what's Pantech Design, which is I think I just want to add here, is this. This is applicable not only to residential, but also for institutional clients like universities, uh, hotels, hotels, big innovative ships, maybe. You, you, <laughs> we could talk yeah, about that later. Yeah. Anyway, so there's a lot of opportunity here to, to integrate all this technology to uh, to places where people live and they have solar and storage and they want to live in a more better better way. So, yep. Okay, so ready for news and events, Jack? Talk about news. REC, which is a company we uh, interviewed at SBI. We still haven't been able to get to their their actual interviews. We got, we got like a year's worth of content out of that show. Oh, it's so just impossible, impossible to get it all out there. Uh, but REC, mm. fantastic vertically integrated kind of solar manufacturer they, they literally take truckloads of sand silicon in one end and pump out solar panels from like finished at the other end of the, the long chain of warehouses <laughs> factory yeah. factories that they go through and they're a European company right mm -hmm. but they recently moved to Singapore yep. and um, we were excited about that interview because of that end and vertical you know integration of all their processes right. and they're, they're, they have the ability to kind of maneuver and integrate new uh, kind of technologies quickly to Very their, quickly, to their right. so this is an example of that, apparently they par partnered up with uh, Meyer Berger, which is a company that we have some communication with through Andre Richter, a good friend, been on the show maybe three or four times, yep. uh, and uh, it looks like they're saying they're making some big claims here about this new uh, this new panel, but they're also not really kind of given the full picture in this, some of these yeah, initial. It's a, it's a sneak uh, peek thing. It says yeah. right here, it's a big sneak peek. Um, but they've just, I mean, a year ago they released the N Peak, which was was hugely popular and massive. That's a split cell one, right? That was the right? split cell one. It was a massive um, improvement. Improvement in performance for them, and now they're saying they're they're knocking that out of the out of the what park already. On? What, are they, what are they doing? Do I, 
I don't, don't have right? anything, but I've got an email out. I see. don't. Yeah, we both got emails out. We're like, what's going on, guys? Anyway, what they say is our new flagship product will deliver significantly better power density and will fundamentally change the competitive balance between REC and Tier 1 players, opening up a big power gap far beyond what is available today. What does that that's, mean? That's some pretty big aggressive language. Now, we spoke with uh, a couple of uh, uh, people at this uh, Enphase uh, seminar, and they were, you know, had, had been involved in different types of companies throughout the industry, and they said that right now, SunPower, uh, their, their top-of-the-line system or panel is a 415 watts uh, panel. Mm -hmm. And I thought, whoa, that's that's a lot of power. That has the backside, rear side contact sure. technology, yep. right? Yep. So I wonder if this is going to play in that territory, or if does it exceed it? Are we talking about a 420 watt panel? What on earth? Without well, the, without that's bifaciality, still only five watts. So can you really get that aggressive with your language if it's only five watts? Now, yeah, I don't know if they're comparing to SunPower or if they consider SunPower separate from Tier 1 players. We're about to geek out on PBS. 450 is your guess. Okay, <laughs> okay, I'll go 449. Uh, there you go. Under, yeah, <laughs> without going on. Close, closest without going Anyway, over. exciting stuff. We're going to hear from REC. We've pinged REC, Meyer Burger, and all the rest of these guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> so we'll, we'll find, we out, will find out for you. <laughs> Very okay. good. Um, EV space, Volkswagen. Um, we've these talked guys. about the Volkswagen stuff before. My father's a big Volkswagen guy anyway. Um, so we, we pass emails back and forth all the time. Uh -huh. And you're, I'm familiar very familiar with their chassis they made a an electrified chassis that they could build a number of um platforms on so you mm -hmm. have your your regular standard sedan your suv etc etc mm -hmm. would all would all use modified versions of this same chassis they can even extend it for the vans um which sounds is really, like which the rivian really cool. skateboard a little bit sounds too. like the yeah. rivian skateboard it's a very good mm -hmm. concept because they can reuse all these things that they're pumping massive amounts of r&d money mm -hmm. into making electric vehicles function and then they want to get the maximum out of it so they're going to use that same technology across their entire line right this is interesting though because Volkswagen is now out there shopping around. Mm -hmm. Now last week they announced that they have a global partnership with Ford so Ford can uh, leverage some of this R&D and now they're out there and they're saying they're basically opening this up to any manufacturer who wants to have the conversation to license the Technology. This is the modular electrification toolkit. Correct. Right. So this is basically a, a set of uh, tools and, and production capabilities and protocols or whatever yep. that allows other manufacturers to say, yeah, we want to build electric cars too. The, the folks that Tell are us how kind of behind it. the curve, uh, <laughs> British manufacturers, for example, who aren't really doing anything electrical yet, mm -hmm. uh, they can very quickly, with a license agreement, get up to the top of the, to the, top of the heap. But the best thing about this is if it goes through, if people start to adopt it, we would have a standard hmm. in electric vehicles That's for batteries. That's language, right? Standards. <laughs> yeah, standards. I like standards. I want I want to be able to walk up to any charger and be able to plug in. I don't need to have to go to the Tesla charger for the Tesla or the other charger for my Leaf or whatever. I mean, whatever car you happen to have, there should be a standard. And there's this big war over plugs in mm. EV space right now. Um, so you don't, oh, just because there's a charger somewhere doesn't necessarily mean you can plug in. And it's just really frustrating. So this would put a lot of standards out there in the EV space. So this assuming, guy, assuming people adopt it. This guy, Michael Jost, who's a chief strategist for... Uh, for a German outlet, der, I'm not going to pronounce that. No, don't. He says, <laughs> uh, Joe said the new proposal would be a paradigm shift for VW, especially if the technology became the backbone for, e backbone for EVs across the world, and if the company cashes in on the proliferation of technology. Yeah. A lot of ifs there. I wonder if... Um, uh, it is, but they're would, already in discussion with a lot of people. Right. Well, and, how, and why would VW... Why would VW here's a question. Why would VW have this uh, full set of capabilities uh, as opposed to, like, Tesla, who's been... 
doing all the innovation as ours, I understood it. Well, Tesla has the same kind of features and technologies, but they're not licensing it. Didn't he say all, everything's free? Everything's available? Didn't, didn't Musk say it's all yours? Take it? Did VW come in and take Tesla's stuff and then I think so. license no, it? No, not license it. Yeah, not license it. <laughs> no not offense, license VW. No, I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, I, don't, you know? I, don't, I don't think that's the way it goes. I, just, I've, I've never, I haven't seen that. Um, I mean, you get the point of my question. I'm just trying yeah. to understand how, how is it that they've become this kind of uh, potential uh, you know, uh, re resource, the library of electric well, vehicles. Sure. And the, well, the other, the other thing there is that they are a known long-term automotive brand. Mm. They've been around forever, right? <laughs> it, it, yeah, and the language in here is interesting. In the coming years, automakers will have to deal with trends such as reduced car ownership. If a collaboration like this between VW and others works, it could usher in a new era of cooperation on EVs as they grow in use. Very good stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. well, cool. I'll have to learn more about that as it as it transpires. Yep, there actually well, is, a, on their website, a whole 10-point plan of this MEB thing. Right, how it's actually going to function. Um, so, mm -hmm. talking about EVs and reduced ownership, Lyft has introduced a green mode to uh, specifically request EVs and hybrids, as opposed to a internal combustion engine so you, vehicle. You, you, call, so you, you get on your you, Lyft and yep. you say, "I want a green car." I want a green and car it instead. Pops two uh, percent of the cars that are out there. Well, they, <laughs> so. yeah, they were not specific on how much of their fleet is actually electric. <laughs> your but Prius will be. Here. My my feeling is it's way more than two percent. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, the, for the number of times I've called them, I want to say probably about forty percent of the time. I get a Prius. You get a hybrid. Or a hybrid, yes. Yeah, you get a hybrid. Some, some kind of hybrid. But I mean, the but, actual but electric plug-in plug hybrids, not, not electric, but this is this is EV, this is electric or hybrid. Mm -hmm. um, so that they're not they're not I specific. I mean, I could see the hybrids because, yeah, in fact, almost most of, it's felt like most for me, yeah. of the, uh, there were a good chunk of them were hybrids that I had used for an, an Uber. I haven't used Lyft. Yeah, frankly. well, I mean, they, they just get the asthma. It, I mean, it, makes, it makes a whole lot of sense. It's mm -hmm. actually way cheaper for the operator of said vehicle to run it right. than your, um, Traditional but, internal combustion. But that transition car. from hybrid to EV is a big deal because you need the charging infrastructure to make that work, and it, it doesn't is, really exist that, out there now. And that's that's part of the problem is that I mean, we had that big debacle where the DC taxi drivers all switched over to EVs, and now they're all they're, I mean they're literally fighting over um, charging stations because there aren't enough of them. There's, the infrastructure isn't there to mm. support that number of vehicles. Well, that's a perfect segue to our next article, which <laughs> is about inductive charging. Do you remember sure. inductive charging is wireless charging? Uh, and this is something we've talked about, you know, a couple different times on the show over the years. And years, how do you like that? And then, so what's going on is uh, in this, uh, where is this? This is in Southern California's Antelope Valley Transit Authority. They've got some buses that are currently using 250 kilowatt fast charging inductive chargers in their bus stop area. So when right. it comes in, to pick people up and let people out, it's charging at 250 kilowatts. That sounds like future stuff to me. It really does. Um, and it's into, you know, I want to see how much this is going to really help them with their range. I mean, if the bus only stops there for a couple seconds, it's really not going to help them. But if the bus is there for 10 minutes before it starts out on its route, I think that's that's very valuable. Well, the company Wave so. says that the 250 kilowatt chargers will allow AVTA to run their buses for the same number of hours as the diesel counterparts, diesel counterparts. So well, you could do that. You could do that with straight battery as long as you have enough battery. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, there's a couple <laughs> with no chargers at all. We're, we're swapping skeptics and optimists. Yeah, uh, I don't know. The, the, I don't um, know. 
So they're looking at trying to do 75, 75 uh, wait, although 85 BYD buses have been ordered, 75 is a real big number, he says, because that's when we become 100% green. Yeah. Uh, it, this seems pretty substantial right here. It seems like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's keep going forward. Okay, so the Green New Deal. Uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> here we go. Um, green New Deal real resolution uh, calls for zero carbon power within 10 years. Um, this, I mean, it's just a huge conversation in the nation's capital right now. Um, there's this a lot is of Ocasio, people talking. right? This is the, yeah. the new young woman yep. from the Brooklyn. She's 29 years old. She's a, she's a senator. Yep. And then she uh, she basically is the one that's kind of championing this with a couple of others. Uh, yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. Uh, it, it, initially, there weren't a lot of details. Now we have access to the actual, uh, are we calling this a bill? Is that what this it's is? It's a resolution. Resolution at the moment. And it's about 11 pages. It's available as a Google Doc. You can read through it. Um, you know, when you get into the beginning of it, it's like there's about, you know, um, it, it, the, the full plan shall be prepared in consultation with experts and be driven by the federal government in collaboration with yeah, the tr it truly, everybody else. It truly and says then, nothing except that we need to have the conversation. This is this is the debate starter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's exciting to see that this is happening and that that discussion is going on. There is some critical dialogue out there. We're not going to be able to get into too much of this right now. But if you go to Slate, uh, Slate.com, they talk about the the Green New Deal's huge flaw, which has to do with urban sprawl yep. and the distance between where people live. It's because the amount of energy it takes to move these people around because they live too far away from everything that they go to, like work and right. food. And so they're saying there's some <laughs> fundamental errors in the way that our kind of uh, society is structured that should be attacked first or should. Be addressed first. Right. Um, addressed, then, yeah, along in concert <laughs> with. I don't think it's necessarily first, but definitely right. needs to be addressed. Right. Um, the other big one is another utility dive article. Um, nukes can have a small role uh, in the Green New Deal. Specifically interesting is that originally in the fact sheet, um, they said that they were not going to have any of these nuclear plants in there, but the actual resolution does not stipulate so long as it is non-carbon producing, which right. includes nuclear. Right. Um, and we found out last show that even even the guys who are fighting to bring humanity to the next level really see fusion, nu nuclear right? fission as a stockade technology. Um, I've, there's a lot of conversation right now in the big um, utilities about building out new nuclear infrastructure versus just running out what we have. And like we've like I've said before, it actually takes too much money to build a nuclear power plant. Mm, you can, mm. if, if you take the money it takes to, make, to, build, to build a true nu new nuclear power plant today, billions of dollars, and you sink it into renewables, you can get three, four, five times the amount of energy over the life of the thing. Is that true or is that debatable? Because no, for some reason I'm, I'm thinking that it, there's... They have PPA, cheap PPAs. Mm -hmm. um, you can absolutely take... If you put billions of dollars into a PPA, you would get more energy out of it over the long term. So PV plus battery, you're saying, is a real uh, is contender a with... Real contender. With that, the that, that's that, that's the, that threshold. Mark Henderson disagrees from from eater right didn't he say that we we, we need fission well, we need, as a part, well, we as, more, as a part of our firm power we need more energy we only and, that's, and that's the question is firm power can we produce the volume of battery to support that amount of solar panel or wind what was that graph? Was it like it that had the renewables and it had nu nuclear fission and it had coal and gas and it had the percentages of was that a national or a global no, breakdown? No, that was that one? That, yeah, that was the um, the the breakdown to get to the 2050 climate accords. Right. So it was global. Right. It was a global. It was a global and, thing. And fission was really very small in terms it of was, global well, global yeah, participation. It was and overall small, but it, but they did ask for new. <clears throat> Generation generating capacity. 
Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just running out the existing. Right. Well, I think that's going to be a hot topic of debate for sure. I know right? it is. And uh, that's it. It would be exciting <laughs> to follow that and see where that goes. If so, you have an opinion, call us. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're asking for it. So, uh, and then there's a really cool article, actually, in, uh, I'll get to say this, boingboing.net. When you sent this, I honestly thought it was a joke. <laughs> no, but this is really This is really interesting. It's great. This is, uh, we're into the national discussion right now. So fastest growing jobs in 2019. So number one, solar panel installer. Number two, statistician. Number three, wind turbine techs. Yeah, this is coming out of Yahoo. Who finance and <laughs> just solar panels are yeah. all over California, Hawaii, uh, New Mexico. Um, it's a super cool this? map, right? Very yeah, colorful. Really it shows every state and it shows the top. Florida, you know, apparently, which is yeah. an interesting one. Yeah, and, and a lot of these North have Carolina. solar panel installer. Hawaii New has Jersey. solar panel installer. New Jersey has, was it solar panel installer? Yes. New Jersey. Yeah. They're, they're all orange. So there's a bunch, you'll see the map is largely orange. Orange is code for solar panel installer yep. being the fastest growing job. And yep. then, of course, you have wind technician, right? Wind turbine service technician is light orange. Yep. And that's like around four or five of the big, uh, big states, too. So yep. very cool stuff. That's just a neat map to check out, folks. Uh, that's on that boingboing.net. you got to say it again. All right, what's going on in Hawaii? What is what isn't going on in Hawaii? We've got. I want to. I want to shout out to the Kauai uh, Cooperative because they were obviously listening to the show. Uh, Kauai is now fielding their new flock of sheep. <laughs> because we were talking about that before. <laughs> because we were talking about it before. How do you keep the um, the plants down around a large scale solar farm? I mean, you can pay someone to go out there. You don't. You could you could spray, which is awful, and you don't want to do that either. And we said, well, you just get a bunch of goats or sheep or something. And you let them roam roam through this new um, large field out on oh, Kauai no. with the Tesla batteries and everything that we reported about before has employed 300 sheep. A flock of 300 sheep Pretty to go awesome. to go through and keep down the uh, the vegetation so it doesn't interfere with the trackers. These are tracker enabled panels, so they do follow the sun. Dual as use, it goes nice symbiotic yeah. relationship. But I think it, I think it's fantastic, and they can just have a bunch of sheep. I, I gotta say, when I saw this article, I did see almost like what is that? A is like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where you see something that bites an electrical thing, and then it goes black, and it shows like the, uh, the black the, sheep. You know, <laughs> I, thought, I was like, oh my goodness, that's it. But that's really cool, and and that, I think the the issue of kind of how to had you know a dual purpose, multi purpose land where you have so many panels down. Yeah, uh, we've is, talked about this a lot. Stuff. You actually get cooler, you get better mm-hmm. growth underneath the panels, which is actually part of their problem. But you could actually leverage that if you really wanted to, if you mm-hmm. wanted to use this. As farmland, some kind right. of semi-enclosed uh, farming. I would, th- I would think like strawberries or something like that, mm-hmm. where it doesn't mm-hmm. grow too tall. You could actually do a tremendous amount on this land underneath the panels. Yeah, and they don't get they get a lot of indirect light, not a ton of direct light. The moisture is increased, the ground moisture is retained, so yep. the plants grow better. And it's just a, it's just a lovely, lovely way to make this work. Beautiful, beautiful. But so we're going to see. You, thank you for sheep. All right, nice job. I think we're going to see more and more kind of layering of ideas absolutely, about how to take advantage absolutely. of that. I want to see the next bee farm. A, a, a longtime contributor and friend, Marco Mangelsdorf, has something today on, to say on the Hawaii Tribune Herald uh, about the solar hot water heater mandate. What's going on, Jay? Yeah, Department of, Department of Business, Economics, Development, and Tourism was um, instructed by a judge to follow the state law mandating that single family homes have solar hot water, solar and hot solar hot water heaters. Um, it's 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 mandated years and years ago that you're supposed to have solar yeah. hot water <laughs> on all new construction <laughs> and for whatever reason the um dbdt um was was not following 
this. They had applied for a whole Department lot of, of business, they, economic development, yeah, they tourism. Had, they, they had gotten a whole lot of uh, requests for variants, and they were basically just rubber stamping them all. So saying, large subdivision yeah, developments on Oahu, including 15,000 total units, were seeking such exemptions in the foreseeable future. I wonder yeah. why they're doing Well, this that. is something that we knew. What's I mean, I even I kind of made a joke about it on Wednesday when yeah. we were at the end phase thing, um, because everybody, um, I mean, it's it's expensive. Oh, I don't want to do it, or well, I don't well, know no, who can the, do it. What's the like, point? Is it is are people feeling that on demand's a better option for them, or they? That's, or what, they, that's or they, what they're trying to. Or use, they, do, they they doing enough kind of net metering that they can just kind of deal with chart. You know, no, no, no. Electric. Actually, the, the best they, they, they're all replying for for um, gas variants. I see. So they actually want to have instant heat yeah. gas. I mean, as on demand to, plays, a, plays an important role. I mean, you know, it's a. But if it's there and it's in your tank it's on demand i mean mine comes mine comes on pretty fast i mean I, yeah um, okay 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 so the, the solar hot water is a fantastic Any, anyway they were told to stop giving variances to everybody which is gotcha. a huge win for everybody legislature found that the solar hot water mandate would avoid 10,000 tons of greenhouse gas emissions per year so good stuff yeah. all right so let's uh we got a couple more quick things and we're going to move right over to our commercials uh we said do that. do that right now oh yeah. miko got 66 megawatts of rooftop solar i wanted hey, to say that that's Yay. just that's local. uh we are second out of the uh three counties of course oahu takes first place um but we've got um with 298 megawatts actually of roofs rooftop right. solar that's crazy and then big eye uh has 63 megawatt that is so your <laughs> they're just behind us but that's your global uh solar and storage and cool energy related news update folks in yep. about 15 minutes okay we're gonna go to our commercial break and come right back with uh enface Balor, co-founder of uh of the organization Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Tabuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. 
All right, those were our wonderful sponsors, and I misspoke before. You want to go for it, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ragu, we've changed your name. You are now in phase. <laughs> so uh, we are very fortunate to have Ragu Balor uh, from Enphase Energy, one of the co-founders of the organization. Second time on the show. Welcome, Ragu. Can you hear us? Okay. Yes, I can. Um, good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon to your listeners, and thanks for having me on the show again. Oh, it's our pleasure, and thanks so much for uh, taking the uh, the reins and jumping on in such short notice. There's a lot going on in your uh, organization these days. Yeah, yeah, we've been very busy. Suffice <laughs> it to say, yes. I, w- I would say so. We, so we attended your um, presentation this past Wednesday on Maui. Um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, really interested to learn more about the IQ8 series and where we're headed this year. <laughs> sure, absolutely. You know, we are we are we are just as excited. We've been working on this for for quite some time, and we are pretty excited about um, bringing it to the market. Um, it's um, you know, we are we, we really believe that it can it can uh, make a very significant difference, not just in the U.S. but worldwide, especially um, in uh, regions where. Um, uh, you know, energy access and energy poverty is is is, is rampant. So I think we can. This thing, this IQ8 um, can really change the the landscape dramatically for all different types of use cases. Absolutely. And uh, just for our, for our listeners out there, we have had a show with you and Martin in the past. It's episode 39. It can be found on our podcast section, uh, also in iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, all across uh, the podcast uh, platforms. If you'd like to hear the background of Enphase, we're actually probably not going to get too much into that at this stage of the game, but uh, you can go and listen to that show, and you can hear the, the, the beginnings of Enphase, which is by in and of itself a fascinating An story, so story, thank you for right? that. Um, but we do want to dig right into Ensemble. We've been, you know, Jay and I have been excited about this all year, I think. Yeah. I occasionally talk about it. You had mentioned the term mini Hoover dams, which I thought was always pretty cool. And so uh, and then, of course, in this last Wednesday, we were able to hear the updates. And a lot of what you had been talking about a year ago has come to through to fruition. It's here now. It's uh, or it's pending. It's Some pending. of it's pending right around the corner. And uh, we, yeah, we want to get a sense for it. It's also coming at a very important time because we have this October. We, uh, you know, Miko, Hiko and Helco, uh, the three companies under HEI launched their NEM Plus program, which affects about. 71,000 or so uh, net energy metering system uh, homeowners uh, out to all throughout the islands. And they, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of these homeowners want to have additional production capability, maybe some energy storage, maybe they're getting a new electric vehicle and they want to be able to build out their systems. A lot of these people are kind of early adopters, people that have, you know, the, the early on the curve of adoption. And they're thinking, what technology makes sense for us? And a lot of them happen to have Enphase in their homes. <laughs> so it's a nice yeah. opportunity to be talking about uh, your new technology. So we'd like to give the floor to you, Raku, you're, you know, and then let us know what's going tell, on tell with Ensemble. Tell us specifically what the IQ8 is and what it can do for us. Yeah, so um, so IQ8 is part of um, what we call, IQ8 is the microinverter, but it's part of what we call is the Ensemble technology. What the Ensemble technology is an energy management technology that is capable of managing a multitude of resources. Um, so what, what you know, and it does that by, by on an AC bus or by creating what I call as a marketplace, where you have different buyers and sellers. So for example, you know, think about a world where your solar panel is, of course, a seller of energy. Your storage could be a buyer or seller. Your um, your uh, your washing machine is actually a buyer uh, of energy. Uh, your grid could be a buyer or seller of energy. 
And so you, we have this energy management technology that's a combination of hardware and a lot of software, uh, hardware including, of course, the microinverter, the energy storage, et cetera. And, and think about a world where all of these devices within your home are all communicating and, and your washing machine uh, says, hey, I want to run. Uh, who can offer me the lowest, uh, cost of, uh, lowest cost of energy? Your solar, your solar panel, if the sun is shining, uh, you know, um, um, comes up and says, yeah, I can offer it to you at this. And, and the storage system can say, hey, I can offer you at Y price. And the grid says, hey, I can offer you at, at Z. And, and of course, you will, uh, the system then finds what is the most economical way to go service that request from that, uh, uh, from that device, from that washing machine. So that's the general principle. And of course, when the sun is shining, the cost of solar energy, the marginal cost of solar energy is zero. So it will almost always win that bid, right? But think about it in that, by that, that marketplace. The reason why we took that economic approach to solving that problem is that, can, that is infinitely extensible. It can go from a home to multiple homes to neighborhoods, uh, you know, to, to, to states, right? So um, it's, it's architected in a manner that is very, very future-proof as we think over the next 10, 20, and 50 years as well. Uh, think about how homes are, start, are becoming incredibly intelligent, solar systems, storage systems, EVs, all so much intelligence is getting uh, pushed towards the home, and all of these homes will now start behaving autonomously with all this intelligence and trading energy amongst each other um, and creating an incredible, incredible amount of resiliency in, in that whole energy ecosystem. Whoa, this is a this is a futurist conversation. It feels like, but it's stuff that is happening pretty much right now. Um, so this is this that massive parallelism that word that you were using, Jay, earlier massive, in the day? Massive parallelism, yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I can imagine it. I can actually conceptualize it. I think within a home, it starts to get a little bit more complex for me when I start to try to think of between homes or between you know cities and things of like that. And that's where it's hard to kind of see it, right? But I can. Is this also something where uh, blockchain becomes a relevant conversation for, to be able to? Kind of keep a map uh, you, out. It absolutely does. This is it's it's core to thinking about distributed architectures. If you recall, I've, you know, for the last 10, 12 years that, that I've been in this business, I've been saying, look, distributed architectures always win in the long run, and they mm. win for three reasons: they win for performance, they win for economics, and they win for reliability and resilience. Mm -hmm. So this is a classic example of how. The endpoints, the home, which historically, from a grid's point of view, was just a dumb load, is now starting to interact and become extremely intelligent. So I want to caution one thing. You know, as, as I said, yes, there is a futuristic element to this, but as you pointed out, uh, you know, there is a lot that is just around the corner um, with IQ8. Uh, so the more uh, specific element of that would be. Imagine uh, a solar system that uh, that uh, can island. It's not, you know, this notion of grid-type solar systems is. I think the the days for that are numbered. It's going to be gone. Right. Um, you know, you people will buy solar systems, and in the event of a, a grid failure, as an example, 
even without energy storage, the solar system will island and keep running. Of course, with all of the safety functions enabled, uh, we have to comply with all the safety standards, et cetera, to form that microgrid. But just your solar system and the loads in your house will form a microgrid. Then you're talking even, just even, without, even without in battery. Fact, the, even without battery. Even without battery, yeah. Even without battery. <laughs> and so, um, and that's really uh, uh, key. I mean, imagine, you know, why would a homeowner ever buy a system that's grid tied? It's, you know, we, uh, this, this, this issue became very apparent. We did a survey and we found that almost 60% of the homeowners thought, hey, I have solar, I'm covered in the event of a grid failure. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's not the case. The inverters are entirely dependent on the operation on the on 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 a working grid. So we we and you know it became pretty apparent when 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 the challenges happened in in Puerto Rico, etc. Here were twenty thirty thousand systems out there, and most of them were when the when the grid failed. Most of them were you know not non operational. So I think you'll see you'll see the first step towards this big vision. The big vision that I just painted is just. There's no need to be grid tied anymore, whether that is solar or solar by itself, solar plus storage, storage by itself, it doesn't matter. These systems can drive, uh, can be completely self-contained and 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 uh, forming their own grid in the absence of one. So what's the natural and forming classical microgrid? Forming classical. So what's the natural extension of that? I mean, I think that from a practical perspective today, right now, people that are getting solar are, are generally speaking in, in in Hawaii market. They're either going to have an existing NEM. They're going to be getting a CGS plus, which is a kind of like a version of a separate different accounting of a, of a net meter type of backfeeding system, or CGS or CGS reduced plus tariff reduced tariff, yeah. or they're going to get a, a CSS. Right, very few people are, are technically grid defecting or going off grid from a grid 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 connected position. Do you see people integrating this technology maybe under the existing programs, and then one day down the road, maybe not too far, saying, "Ah, I have the capability to be on my own. I'm just going to do that." I mean, do you see that happening? No, I, you know, I don't see I don't see grid defection happening. Uh, I just don't. I think there's a lot of value. Network effect, as I say, value of being connected to mm -hmm. a common backbone, which would be the grid. All we are saying is that technologies such as Ensemble just intrinsically improve the resiliency of the entire network. And that's really key. So the grid becomes a, just another source of energy, just like you have Solar becomes a source, a storage becomes a source, you may have a backup generator, the grid is yet another source, and the technology, the energy management technology that we have will make the right choice of which energy source to use, uh, use at any given point in time to service the demand. Um, one thing I do see in the context of both NEM+, CGS, et cetera, is I think you will see more and more of self-consumption taking place, mm. meaning systems are becoming so important, so intelligent now that um, um, that you will, you know, you produce your own energy, you 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 manage how you consume your energy, you store your energy, and so you you will see more and more driving towards self-consumption, and you're seeing that with NEM Plus and et cetera, where you know, you're not allowed to do export, right? You have to be at zero export, as an example. But those just become very simple use cases for a, for a platform like what we have, which is so heavily dependent on software, 
right? Um, so, so I think you'll see more and more of that happening. The amount of intelligence that these devices are getting, I'll give you an example of that. The, the little chip that's the heart of our microinverter, as an example, um, has now with IQ8 an ARM processor embedded in it. And an ARM processor has massive amounts of computational capabilities. Now you've got 20 of those on your roof, so you've got a very intelligent system that's running, running out there. And you can do a lot of things in software and, and, and things such as NEMPLUS, CGS, et cetera, these are, you know, you can future-proof yourself to the next uh, regulatory uh, requirement that comes down the road. And by the way, regulatory requirements are changing and coming at us uh, very rapidly. And mm -hmm. so the system can completely adapt itself. It's fully software-defined. I think those things become part of the course. Okay, so this is uh, wow. There's so much to unpack here, but let's let's think about the the offering that's available right now. If if you're a homeowner uh, listening right now, you have an Enphase system. Maybe you're thinking about getting them. Plus, how can can they purchase Ensemble at the moment? What what's available? What will be available when? For the IQ8. Yeah. yeah, you don't need Ensemble to do that. Uh, you do it with so we have we have with both the IQ series six and seven. Uh, if you want to expand your system, you can go, you know, install our gateway and uh, download the right profile, and the gateway is intelligent enough to figure out, okay, this additional uh, system that got added on should not be should not be exporting onto the grid. It's meant specifically for self-consumption. So uh, again, it's the it's the beauty of of having a, such a strong software-defined platform that you can accomplish a lot of these things. Um, just by simply by you know by by changing the software that's running on your entire system. So just just to just to recap, what I just heard there was that you could, uh, if for NEM Plus for example, because there is a lot of interest, we get kind of getting pinged every day right now. If you have an Enphase system, you could conceivably uh, build out your system with uh, with NEM with uh, with microinverters, and then it would have the ability to to know that uh, these should not be backfeeding to the grid, that they should be meeting household load. Is that what I heard? That's precisely what you heard. So we can we we identify the ones that have been added, and uh, to comply with the regulation that says those are not <laughs> those are not allowed to export, uh, we take care of that. This makes a lot software. of sense to me. I mean, if you if you can set up these rules in software as opposed to having like hardware locks on everything it's very easy to change the rules as you go and so if you want to have a rule that says hey don't export above x kilowatt um then it won't <laughs> so you could do exactly right that's the power of it and yeah. we know that these things are going to change you know i think as as uh, as i mean hawaii has been amazing in terms of solar penetration and as uh, that continues uh, there may be some new requirements that come in, regulatory requirements. Maybe, you know, we, have, we did this once before where we had to, given the high penetration of PV, uh, you know, we had to change the behavior the, of, of our systems, and we were able to do that in software. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly, incredibly powerful to, to, to go in there, and, and if you're architected as such with a very strong software platform, not just on the on the envoy or our gateway, for instance. So even our inverters can change their behavior, right? It's all written in software mm -hmm. uh, that um, that that we can. In in effect, what we are doing is future proofing, and uh, and uh, the, the 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 customers. 
So I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of get sticky with this Nem Plus a little bit because I, I have to answer some of these questions soon. Yep. So yep. Um, this is great. So for example, let's say we had a, we knew we had a certain amount of base load in a house throughout the day, and we felt that the, and the and the client wanted to have some extra generation for whatever their needs were. Right. So we put in a Nem Plus. Maybe it's ten panels or something like that. That meets base load. We'll figure out how to kind of size it. Right. Um, but then we wouldn't want to have more than base load because it would be wasted. Right. Because we, if we don't have storage, so we would need storage to kind of take full advantage of the generation. Does that sound about right, uh, Ragu? Yeah, exactly. So if if you can, I mean, storage is expensive. So for those people who, that can afford storage, you bet you can add storage and say, oh, in effect, what you're doing by adding storage is increasing your load. So because at the time when there is excess production, your storage will charge. So you could, I mean, of course, it's not load in a very traditional sense, but it is effectively adding, increasing your load. Right. Um, if you can do that, that's great. Now you, you know, that overproduction got stored away to be used later. Uh, if not, yeah, you may have to curtail a little bit of your solar. So um, let's say, let's think a little bit about these because uh, storage is really the 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 big conversation in, in Hawaii right now. Storage, 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 yeah. and so you've got these new modules. Can we talk a little bit about that uh, as well? Because this is part of your ensemble kind of product line, right? This is part of the uh, we we learned a little bit about them in, uh, on Wednesday. Yep. So uh, yeah, go ahead. Please ask the question. <laughs> oh yeah, well I mean, j okay. So there is there is an I obviously there's the IQ8 microinverter product, but there's also a battery option that that is is available separately or going to be available shortly. Is that the, that's yeah. Okay. So the the so there is there a storage. Are, um, yeah, there are. If you think about it, there are. There are um, uh, the, the elements that form the microgrid, sorry, the ensemble system, the IQ8-based system will be the IQ8 microinverters that are on your roof. The, the, the storage solution, it's, we call it N-Charge. Okay. And, and there are, yep. uh, it's an AC-coupled storage solution, very modular and scalable, so you can right-size it exactly to your application. It's a 3.3 kilowatt hours, a little about C over 2.5, and so you can have 3.3 kilowatt hours, you can have 10 kilowatt hours, 13.2 kilowatt hours, it doesn't matter, it just, it goes in increments of 3.3 and the IQ8, remember, as I, I think I've said this before, IQ6, 7, and 8 are all fully bi-directional devices. So the inverter that's on the roof, we also have the exact same inverter in your battery system as well, and in software that device acts like both a converter or a charge controller. So it's all done in software. And so that whole system is, 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 is sold as a package, the in-charge battery system, which has the, the cells, the cell pack, the BMS, uh, the inverter, the charge controller, and a lot of it done in software is all sold as a package. And you just AC couple them, you just keep expanding however you want and right size it to your needs. So you got inverters on the roof, you got in-charge, the storage solution, and then you have the the gateway, and then you have this device, which is the microgrid interconnect device, which uh, which is needed to ensure that you can safely transition from uh, grid tight to to microgrid in the event of a grid failure. Okay, so we've this, thank you for that. So we've got these uh, these three point three kilowatt hour battery modules that I understand have about four IQ8s in them to, like as you said, facilitate as charge yep. controllers in this particular circumstance. And they're uh, infinitely scalable is a nice phrase to use, as I, like, as I, I understand like that. it. How, how, how infinite is infinite? Is it kind of, I'm going to put you on the spot there and say, is, is, is this suitable for utility scale? Are we, can we go Grezi CNI um, utility across the board? Or? <laughs> you know, in, 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 in theory, yes. 
um, uh, absolutely. In theory, yes, it is scalable. To I mean, there is no limit. It's just you're just limited by whatever the National Electrical Code is. Uh, so you have a it's a 20 it sits on a 20 amp circuit, and so you just have to make sure you. So uh, it's 1.28 kilowatts and 3.3 kilowatt hours. So you need to make sure that you can put uh, X number of them. Uh, of them to make sure that you're within the 20 amp circuit limit, but all you do is replicate the circuit. So you go to the next 20 amp circuit, and the next, and the next. So if you if you are if you have a if you have a main load center that is 200 amps or 400 amps, you just have to match it to that. Right, and I understand that presently there's a 100 amp uh, load center that matches with this, or an ATS with eight circuits. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, or eight yes, it, there is. So there is the we have a combiner box that has a, it's a four circuit combiner box. But that's not the limit. That's just the products that we offer because most applications we expect it to be about four circuits, which means you may have two circuits of three circuits of solar or two circuits of solar and two circuits of storage or three and one. You can mix and match. There is no uh, no limit to that. So one of the big conversations out here with homeowners is the notion of backup power, right? And there's a couple different ways this can be can be kind of realized. You can have a you know a four gang outlet where you just plug in when the grid goes down. You can have a a, a, a a sub-panel with certain critical loads established, and then of course there's the kind of holy grail of the conversation, which is whole house, whole house. backup, right? Yep. And uh, and then of course there's a, there's this notion of uh, of of electric or what can I say controllable circuit breakers, smart circuit breakers smart, to be yeah, able to control or, or curtail loads to help yeah. with that whole house backup and kind of manage it in a meaningful way. So um, do you see uh, first of all, can the batteries provide uh, backup power? I think you've heard the answer, yeah, is, the answer yes, is yes, right? And then absolutely um, yes. How yes. much backup power can they provide. I understand 1.28 kilowatts. If you were to have five or six of these modules in your home, that's a pretty good amount of energy. Could could you back up a whole house? It's more than that. Is it? It's it's actually significantly more than that. So if you if you look at um, uh, um, say four of those, so you get up to five kilowatts of power, and you get 13.2 kilowatt hours of energy. Um, what we've also done is we have provided very short duration over overload capa- capability, and the Ooh. reason for that is uh, there's some really cool things that we do. This incredible amount of math that goes on behind the scenes, which is super interesting. And I'm sorry, I'm geeking out on this. Ah, geek away, <laughs> geek away. Um, so, for instance, you know, motor loads have this big inrush current, and but this very short duration. So, so to match uh-huh. that. We we do we can pump as much as 50% more power, but for very short duration of time, just to get that motor going. So if you have a, sure, uh, sure. you know your, the 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 compressor on your in your your, your refrigerator or mm-hmm. or or any other um, motor load that you may have, vacuum cleaner, etc. Just that initial inrush current, we match by pumping 50% more power into into the into the system as the system demands. Um, you know the way the system operates. It's actually really interesting. So we do, we look for very. So when you you know the grid is formed by, say, if you have to just look at solar only as an example, just for a moment. The overload capability only exists with storage. Of course, I can't overload solar. That's just physics. Um, what it does is it looks for very minute fluctuations in voltage and frequency. So when we form this grid with solar storage and, you know, there are 20 microinverters on the roof, say four or eight microinverters in your storage system, these 28 devices, there is no communication going on between these devices. So the grid is formed completely autonomously amongst themselves. Uh, and the way they do it is by, uh, by, by looking at very minute fluctuations in voltage and frequency 
and determining is the grid stressed or not. That mm -hmm. microgrid, you know, this, mm -hmm. this is when you're running in the microgrid situation, of course. And, and then it decides, okay, the grid is not stressed, I can back off on storage or I can back off on solar. And so that's how it exactly matches how much demand is to your generation. Got it, got it, very exciting So we're stuff. not sitting there communicating, saying, okay, battery, now we need you to charge because I have too much solar production. Mm -hmm. When you're running in a microgrid, that, does, that just all happens behind the scenes and it happens with with some pretty sophisticated math. A lot going on here. Okay, so we want to cut, we, we got about three minutes left, and we and thank you so much for that. We want to understand a little bit about your legacy upgrade program. And, you know, the reason for that is I think that people are going to be looking at NEM Plus, they're going to be considering options, they're going to get excited now, uh, perhaps about- A lot about of them already are end phase owners. End phase, and then, you know, if this could be a good time to, uh, to execute or to go through that legacy upgrade program. So can you give us a sense of what this is? Absolutely. You know, I think we look back on it and we said, look, over, over time, a lot of things have gotten better. Uh, obviously, modules, you know, I, I have, I, my first install was 2009. I have 175 watt 5-inch cell modules on my roof. Today, you can get out there and buy 6-inch, 60-cell six, six modules that have put out 355 watts. So, modules have gone through huge improvements in, in efficiencies. Inverters have gone through dramatic improvements, not just in efficiency, but in reliability and all the software capabilities that come with it. So, so we were thinking, can we take all of those 10 years of learning and improvement and go back and offer the latest generation of product to our existing customers? Wow. And so that's where, that was the genesis of the legacy, what we call as the upgrade program. So we can go back to folks who have, who have been loyal and faith customers and all customers from the very beginning and said, here's a chance to, and by the way, I, I've done it, at, at, I think it's 50% off uh, the list price or some, I believe that's, as, as, uh, that's such a good deal for the micros. And we say, you can go back and why don't we swap out all your micros with the latest generation of technology. I think the warranty gets completely refreshed. So it's a chance for That's us to go deal. back to our customers and say, let's refresh with the latest technology that you have and all the, um, all the advantages in terms of performance and reliability and, 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 and future-proofing that comes with it. And so that's the whole point about the, uh, the Legacy Upgrade program. That's great. Well, thank you so much for that. And uh, just to recap for our uh, listeners there, you have the opportunity when you're getting your NEM Plus system to potentially uh, participate in this Legacy Upgrade program, swap out your old microinverters, put new ones in. I uh, assume as a non-tax preparer that that is all tax credit applicable. We'll have to check with that with our tax preparers to be sure. But that sounds like a great value, a lot of opportunity. If you'd like to learn more, contact uh, Solar Coaster at our website. We'll put you in touch with a great installer that can help you uh, navigate that process with the Legacy Upgrade Program, with the Ensemble System, with the IQ8s, the Energy Storage. Anything else, Jay, you want to jump in with? It? No, that was it. <laughs> Just make sure you go to the solar-coaster.com website, uh, go down, scroll down a little bit, and put your message in there. We'll get you in touch with the installer that can make this happen for you. And uh, Ragu uh, Belor, uh, not Enphase Belor, but Ragu Belor, <laughs> thank you so much for your insights, your innovation, your hard work, all the amazing things that you do out there uh, at Enphase. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I really enjoyed talking to you. All right. Have a good one. <laughs> okay, folks. This has been The Solar Coaster, sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Pantech Design, Sundrum Solar, uh, a bunch of great folks. Uh, this has been an amazing show. Aloha Friday, guys. Have a good one.